Welcome to another exciting podcast from Living Faith Church. It's our hope and prayer that today's message will bring you closer and deeper to the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here is our lead pastor, Pastor Dean Hackett. God has called you to live the blessed life. The blessed life. He wants your life blessed. Exactly what he talked about in Deuteronomy 28. He wants you blessed when you wake up. He wants you blessed when you go to sleep. He wants you blessed through your day. He wants you blessed through your evenings. He wants you blessed in your work. He wants you blessed in your recreation. He wants you blessed in your children. He wants you blessed in your marriage. He wants you blessed in every area of your life. God has created you to be above only and not beneath, to be the head and not the tail, to be the lender, not the borrower. Come on, he wants you blessed. That's why he said in Ephesians 1 verse 3, he said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, he said, According as his divine power hath given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us to glory and virtue. Come on, say it with me, will you? God wants me blessed. Amen. However, the powers of darkness and the culture of this world will do everything within their power to keep you from living the blessed life. That's why Jesus said these words in his message to the disciples when they were on their way to the Garden of Gethsemane where he would be betrayed. He said this, he said, these things I've spoken unto you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. That in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But then he said, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Because the human race is born with a sin nature, then we live in a world that is broken and fractured, a world that suffers hurricanes and tornadoes, natural disasters, Sickness, disease, marriage partners sin and are unfaithful, families go through divorce, children are molested, women are raped. There are people that break into your house and steal and violate you. Children are bullied on the playgrounds and in the cafeterias and hallways of middle school and high school. Parents go crazy and abandon their families. I mean, we just live in a world where there's great brokenness. And the powers of darkness like to seize these moments. And they will seize these moments to 
convince you that you are a victim and they will try and build a stronghold in you of victimization so that you live every day out of that identity. I am broken. I am wounded. I am hurt. I was abandoned. I was rejected. I, I'm hurt. I, I'm a divorcee. I've been this, I've been that, and they will, the enemy will try and build that in you so that in your thinking and in your emotions, that becomes your identity. And living in that broken identity, the enemy will then use that as a gateway to build more strongholds from which he will torment you in your mind, in your emotions, in your body. He will seek to torment you over and over and over. Folks, listen. Hurts, wounds, offenses, sickness, disease is just part of the human experience because we live in a fallen world. For everyone, whether you live in a $4 million home or whether you live on a piece of cardboard under the Burnside Bridge in Portland, all people, we suffer those things, those painful experiences. And the enemy will use those painful experiences to steal and to kill and to destroy. But did you hear the words of Jesus? I've spoken these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. One of our men that God uses almost every week to bring a prophetic word now, remember, in, in Scripture, a prophetic word is a word to give edification, exhortation, and comfort. He took me aside today, and he had no idea what my message was this morning. He took me aside today, and he said, Pastor, I got to tell you, God showed me that the ways of God are upside down to the ways of the world. How many would agree with that? Right? Isaiah 55, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. For as the heavens are high above the world, so are my ways than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So we're going along this way, and we're, we're in the world's culture. We're in the world's way, because we grow up doing that, right? Our, our, our natural sinful nature, that's how we live. We live like this, not realizing that our ship is floating upside down. And we're living on the whole of the ship thinking, life is good. This is good. And God wants to flip us right side up, Right? But we're upside down. Now, watch this. And so we think the answer to life is to get to the mountaintop. Not realizing that that mountaintop we're trying to climb to is actually the hull of the ship. And the really good stuff is down below. And where we really find great stuff is not at the mountaintop. Where we really find great stuff is down in the valley. But it's so painful down there. 
No, but that's the good stuff, see? Because while the enemy wants to use the pain of this life to steal, kill, and destroy, God says, what I would like to do is take those painful experiences and make them stepping stones to the blessed life and victorious living. Where do you get that, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Romans chapter 5. It says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith to the grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation. Get that out of here. That's like eating broccoli. (laughs) Worse yet, Brussels sprouts. And God says, no, 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 no. Learning to glory in tribulation is like having a great prime rib. We glory in tribulation. Why? Why would we glory in tribulation? He went on to tell us. Because tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. And character, hope. Listen. And hope does not discourage because the love of God is poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. See, God wants us to understand. He wants to take all of those painful experiences and what the enemy meant for evil, God's going to use for good in your life. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are the called according to his purpose. And so God will take all those painful experiences and he will cause them to be gold and silver in your life. He will work them for good. Oh, how's he going to do that? We don't know how he's going to do that. But listen, the key to that, the key to living the blessed life, the key to consistently being victorious in painful moments has to do with learning to walk with Holy Spirit and learning to fellowship with Holy Spirit. Not in a casual way, but in a deep personal way, learning to walk and fellowship with Holy Spirit, because Holy Spirit is the one that does that work in our heart and in our life. It's Holy Spirit in us that helps us to do that, amen? Amen. But now, what do we know? Okay, if we're going to walk and develop this relationship with Holy Spirit, well, first of all, we have to be born again, right? You have to be born again. Because it's being born again where Holy Spirit takes up dwelling in your body. That's why he said in Romans 8 verse 9, he said, if we have not the Holy Spirit, we're none of his. When we're born again, Holy Spirit comes and takes up dwelling in us. He gives us a whole new life source, okay? But then from there, we need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit because the baptism of the Holy Spirit does two wonderful things. Holy Spirit lives in us, but when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, we're immersed 
in the Holy Spirit. So he saturates us and he clothes us with power from on high. Don't you wish you just had supernatural strength? Come on, how many here would like to be the $6 million man and the $6 million woman? Come on, superpower. Can I have superpower, please? I want to run faster than a locomotive. I want to be able to leap over a building in a single bound. Right now, I have trouble leaping over a bullet in a single bound. <laughs> Give me power. God says, I'm giving you power. It comes through the baptism of the Holy Spirit and your spiritual language. Come on, that's where it's at. Amen? Amen. And then he says, we got to have a renewed in the spirit of our mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind because your natural thinking, your natural reasoning, your thought life, your value system, your philosophy, your ideology, your emotions, your will, all of that has been shaped by the human experience and culture and your family culture and all the gunk and all the pain that you've grown up with. When you go through that pain in the natural mind, you develop your own personal ways for dealing with it. Some of you, you cocoon. When you really get to hurting, you want to just jump in bed, pull the covers over your head and let the world go by. Wrong has anybody figured out it doesn't go by? It waits for you. And it's kind of like savings bonds. The longer you stay there cocooned, the more the pain grows. Because we learn how to deal with stuff out of the natural, out of our human reasoning. And Almighty God says, all of that, your thoughts are not my thoughts. You're upside down. I want to flip your ship. Think of that a moment. I'm glad that came out right. <laughs> that wasn't in my notes. It just came out. And I was so glad it came out right. <laughs> Woo! I dodged that one, Pastor Aaron. <laughs> It's funny sometimes what goes through a preacher's mind while he's preaching. <laughs> Almighty God wants to renew our mind because through the renewing of our mind, we can begin to think like God thinks and we can begin to see things God's way and we begin to handle things God's way. Not only that, though, not only does he want to renew our mind, he wants to take us to the next step. And the next step is we must make the choice to continually live every moment in the power and dynamic of Holy Spirit. Living every moment in the power and dynamic of Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know if you're like I am, but I got to do this moment by moment because I've got this weird thing inside of me that I will have moments where it's kind of like something switched And I don't feel real Holy Spirit right there for a moment. And I want to give somebody a piece of my mind, and I can't afford to give it away. And even when I want to give it away, nobody wants it. Right? 
And we're all like that, I think. I think we all, don't we all have to just kind of do it moment by moment? We got to let Holy Spirit moment by moment be our, be our dynamic by which we live. And so that takes us to the next, and that is we have to learn to live by the dynamic of the Holy Spirit and his four ways. He is our motivation. He is our power. He is the one that directs us. He is the one that disciplines us. And learn to love the discipline of the Holy Spirit. Because it says in Hebrews chapter 12 that as children of God, we must love the discipline of God in our life because it's that discipline that helps us be more and more like Jesus. I was saying to one of the brothers this morning, isn't it great to be a man of God? He says, that's all I want to be. Me too. Come on, amen? amen. Don't you want to be a woman of God? Don't you want to be a man of God? You want to just be Jesus personified at the workplace? But how many know that's a stretch? Because there's so much world there. And in this world, it's the Holy Spirit in you. But you got to make that choice that moment by moment, I'm going to live by the four works of Holy Spirit inside of me. We're going to come back to those four works here in a couple of weeks, how that works in our life and how we can cooperate with it. But Almighty God wants us to learn. See, that means we've got to learn more about Holy Spirit. Now, what do we already know about Holy Spirit? Well, first of all, we know he's a person. He's not just a force. He's not Casper the ghost. He's a person. He has a name. He has personality. He has a will. He's a person. And scripture tells us he's holy. That's why he carries the name. It's a part of his name. He's holy. He's pure. He's absolute purity. But what it also tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, moral failure Moral sin rejects him, pushes him out of our life, pushes him away. Not only is he holy, but he's gracious. He is the very essence of mercy and kindness. He's gracious. That's why it says in Ephesians chapter 4 that resentment and bitterness and anger and malice and envy grieves him, grieves his heart. We also know that he not only is, is holy and gracious, but he is the very essence of God's presence and power. And, and when, we, when we mock his gifts, when we, when we don't really believe his gifts, we quench his fire. We quench his fire in us. When, when, we, when we kind of, we go, I know you're nudging me that way, but I don't really want to obey you right now. We quench his fire in us. And then he is the supreme divinity. He is the supreme divinity and that's why scripture tells us if we use the name Holy Spirit in a cuss word, 
like we will use God and like we will use Jesus Christ. If we use Holy Spirit in a cuss word, we are immediately condemned to eternity in hell. Because he is supreme. Holy Spirit. This is Holy Spirit. This is the one who lives in you and who wants to saturate your life and clothe you with power so that you can live the blessed life and live victorious over every painful experience that will come in your life. This is who he is. But listen, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 tells us a little bit more about him and who he really is. And how we, can, how we can live with him and live in cooperation with him. Because this is the secret. Okay? He lives in you. If you're born again, he lives in you. If you're baptized in the Holy Spirit and you have your spiritual language, he has clothed you with the power. You don't have to live weak. You don't have to be just barely getting along. He's there. He's empowering you. So how do we cooperate with that? Well, we've got to learn him and walk with him. It's kind of like when you, I mean, when you, when you met your best friend. They weren't your best friend just immediately. They, they were your friend and you wanted to get to know them better. And so you spent more time with them and you talked and you had coffee together and you, and you went fishing together. Maybe, maybe you went four-wheeling together, but you began to talk. You began to get to know one another and they became your best friend. And as years have gone by, that friendship has deepened and deepened and deepened until you're just very best friends, right? right. Do that with Holy Spirit. And the cool thing about it is you're never without him. You don't have to make a date to meet with Holy Spirit. He's right there on the job. When you're shopping, how much better when you're at Safeway and Wally World to walk with Holy Spirit than the craziness that goes on there. Come on. And so he says this, 1 Corinthians, he gives us these points. He says the first thing is, is we've got to really develop a deep personal walk with Jesus Christ and his crucifixion. Do you really know Jesus and are you really connected with his crucifixion. Remember what Jesus said? If you want to be my disciples and come after me, take up your cross daily. Got to, got to become deeply personal with that. But here's the next thing he said. You have to become deeply, personally aware and committed to the fact that myself, left to myself, I will self-destruct. I am my own worst enemy. I can't trust me. And the moment you do this, I got this. You better step back. You better let God get a hold of it. You better let Holy Spirit take control here. Because when you say you got it, you're going to get it. 
Am I telling the truth here? Is the guy on the platform the only one that has that issue? I don't think so. We got to learn this. And this is what he's talking about. Here's the next thing. You got to become really deeply committed to the fact that natural human wisdom, as good as it may be, it's only partial and there's flaws in it. At the very best, it's only partial and it has flaws. Everything you learned at university, everything you learned in elementary school, everything you learned in high school, everything you learned in undergrad work, everything you learned growing up, everything you learned, the best it is, is flawed. There's good stuff there. I'm not saying there's not good stuff there. There's good stuff there, but you got to recognize it's flawed. Why is it flawed? Because it's upside down. It's upside down. Come on. It's upside down. And what that means is then you've got to develop a deep commitment to the wisdom of Almighty God. And I'm going to learn as much of the wisdom of Almighty God as I can because when I learn the wisdom of God, it helps me get the ship right side up. And I can grow down here in the valley because down in the valley where the pain was and where all that stuff was, when I'm learning the wisdom of God, he will teach me how to make it gold and silver. Amen. Living by Holy Spirit. Oh, but here's the next one. This is so good. Get ready. Nudge your neighbor and go, it gets really, really good right here. Become fully convinced that God has things for you beyond what you could even imagine, but you can't see them with the natural eye. Eye hath not seen, ear has not heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things that God has for him. Now watch. That's where almost all the preachers stop. And I want to grab him and shake him and go, don't stop at verse 9. Get to verse 10. Why? Because it says, but the Holy Spirit has revealed them to us. So if I'm really completely convinced, I mean, God's got things for me I can't even dream of. I can't imagine. He wants me to live the blessed life. He wants me to be victorious in all of my pain. He's got stuff for me I can't even see. But the only way I'm ever going to be able to see it and experience it, I've got to let Holy Spirit be my dynamic. Come on, amen? Because Holy Spirit will reveal those things to me. Man, I will never forget how Holy Spirit taught me the Father heart of God. I had a great dad who was very, very successful in his career. He was very, very successful in his hobby. He's in the International, Northwest International Bowlers Hall of Fame. He bowled five nights a week. He was a very successful contractor in Spokane. The last 20, 25 years of his career, he only did high-end stuff, $500,000 homes and higher, and that was back when $500,000 was kind of worth, kind of pretty close to 500000 
But my dad could not build relationships to save his life. He came home very, very broken man from World War II. He was in two of the hottest battles in the Pacific, landing troops at Guadalcanal. His ship got pinned down and separated from the rest of the convoy. They had to literally fight their way out and then catch up with the convoy. From there, they went to the Leyte Gulf. He was in the Battle of Leyte Gulf. Then he took a direct shell in his gun turret. And he and his partner just switched. I don't know if you know how they used to do it, but they'd have one guy firing, one guy loading, and then they'd switch. Dad had just come out of the gun turret to be the loader when a shell came right in and his partner took it right in the chest. And the shell went round and round and round in the gun turret and filled Dad with shrapnel. Dad came to down in, down in sickbay. In high school, I was still pulling shrapnel out of Dad at times. Just a, just a, but he came home very, very broken, and he couldn't develop relationships. Today, we, we call it PTSD. They didn't know that then. Oh, they had various names for it, shell shock and things like that. And, and later, as I studied PTSD in, in the 30 years of abuse counseling that I did, I realized that all the, all the symptoms my dad had were just that. But he and I, even though we loved one another dearly, we didn't, we didn't really have a close relationship because dad didn't know how to do that. During a lengthy time of fasting in 1983, one day, just waiting on the Lord, I heard these words. You bring such pleasure to me. And I, 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 got, down, I, I got down on my knees and said, Oh, God, forgive me for such proud, arrogant thinking. And I heard God speak in a voice I don't ever want to hear him speak in. He said, how dare you call what I have said that? You're my son, and I love you, and you bring me pleasure. That was the first time I realized that living in the blessed life as his son and his daughter, we bring pleasure to his heart. And he wants us to know that. As I began to let Holy Spirit embrace me in that, God began to show me things about my relationship with Father I had never known. Because I let Holy Spirit open that to me. And I can tell you, I've been walking in that and the joy of walking in that. See, Holy Spirit wants to reveal to you things in the blessed life. And he wants to reveal to you points of victory in your life that's going to come out of your pain. It was out of that pain that no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't get close to my earthly father almighty god took that pain and out of that pain he opened the gateway for me to have that relationship with my heavenly father and now when i'm talking with him i love to call him papa 
Abba Father. That's what Abba means. It means Papa. And I have that close, intimate relationship with him. But he brought it out of my pain. And there's things in your life that have been pain to you. And Almighty God says, I want to turn your pain into gold and silver. But I can only do that if you will learn how to walk with Holy Spirit. Learn Holy Spirit. Develop relationship with Holy Spirit. Because it flows out of that. Let me close with this. The Apostle Paul, writing to the church at Philippi, he said, but what things were gained to me? Those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus and do count them but dung that I might win Christ. And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but the righteousness, which is by faith in Christ, the righteousness of God, which is by faith, and that I might know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death, that I might know him, gnosko, experiential knowledge, not knowledge you learn from a book, knowledge you learn from fellowship, knowledge you learn from walking with them, knowledge you learn from being with them. See, I, I know George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. I, I know Dwight Eisenhower because I've read three biographies on him. I read a six-volume biography on George Washington, but I know him. But I know Wanda because we have walked together and shared life together for over 50 years. Amen. See? And God says, I want you to know Jesus and I want you to know Holy Spirit because when you do, he will turn your pain experiences into stepping stones to the blessed life and victory. That's why Paul said, when I'm around you, I want to know one thing. I want to know the demonstration and power of the Holy Spirit. God wants you to know that in your life. In a couple of weeks, we're going to talk about what that means, the demonstration and power of the Holy Spirit. This morning, would you stand with me? This morning, God wants you to know in a deep personal way Jesus' power to heal, Jesus' power to take your pain experiences and make them gold and silver. So two questions. Two questions. Where are you still walking wounded? You're a victim. You're walking wounded.
Jesus wants you healed. Jesus wants you healed. It may be past experience that you suffered as a child. Maybe you were bullied as a kid and, and you're still living in that identity and that pain. Maybe you went through a very painful divorce or your parents abandoned you. Maybe it's molestation or rape in your life. Maybe it's you've just gone through a lot of sickness and a lot of disease and you just have a very negative self-image of yourself. Almighty God says, I want to take those valley experiences that are so painful and I want to turn them to silver and gold. We are so blessed that you join us online today. For more resources on how you can grow your relationship with Jesus Christ, visit us online at www.winacity.com. If you would like to speak with someone about your relationship with Jesus Christ or would like prayer, you can contact us at 541-567-4486 or email us at info at winacity.com.